New setup, new system, new life. Hey, it's Drew. Welcome to Cheap Seats, where myself and my best friend Nick talk about nonsense for an hour. And I hope you have some fun with us. We're going to talk about the best way to enter into a party, an actual one with actual people. Our cheap reviews is the Brad Pitt film Bullet Train. I introduce Nick to a new professional wrestler. And, of course, we talk about comics a little bit at the end. But you can see that in our table of contents. Go into the description. There are timestamps. If there's a topic that you're not too interested in or you don't want something spoiled for you, you can skip ahead to the next one. Thanks again for joining. Let's talk about how you deal with Facebook scammers. How many Facebook friend requests do you typically get? Like, like... In a span of, let's say, two weeks. Are so okay. Are we talking legit people? No. Oh, legit there people. it is. Not, not legit people. I, I thought you were, this is where it's going. So I've been getting a lot of Facebook spam. Oh, it's not just me. No. Okay. okay. Is yours like... It's softcore porn. <laughs> softcore porn straight cool. up. Awesome. It's we're on the same page. Oh, yeah. Bonding. Um, yeah. It was... Um, it's sort of like... Maybe a year or so ago, if not longer, like every couple of weeks, if no, and then it, it, it's become more and more consistent. Where all of a sudden you'll get someone who is like, the name doesn't match the picture. <laughs> oh, I actually get like really good detailed ones. Okay, but like foreign names, you know, exquisite. Like if I was to write a Harlequin novel, these are the names that I might use as characters. You know what I mean? Okay, see. That's not what I'm That's getting. It's, it's, get. The names do not like they're clearly f- like weird fake names that are being used. But then you just have a picture of a like a busty lady as your profile picture, and you're like, "All right." And then this is a scam. Like the first two times, it was like, "Who the hell is this person?" Like maybe you know they. I don't know how they like through a friend. And I was like, maybe it was my ego. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then seeing them like, oh, okay, this is what it is. And so, yeah, about every two weeks now, I am getting these random ones where it's like, all right, this clearly doesn't add up. Just reject. And, and well, I don't reject. I, I, I tend to keep them because sometimes. Wait, you wanna, keep them? Like, do I you want to fuck with them. So wait, you actually friend them? Yes. Oh. I'm taking you on an adventure The plot with thickens. So here's, here's a couple examples. So here are two. That um, have no mutual friends that have just friended me and I haven't responded to them yet. Ramona De La Rosa. And uh, where's the other one? Jessa Romana. Man, you really do get the Harlequin ones because I'm just, I'm just getting like they're like buzzword names. But uh, so basically what happened is I'm like, okay, I'm in the public eye. So somebody may have found I'm not really – I don't really hide my social media presence because I don't have a social media presence to, to be fair. So if people friend me from the radio all the time, Mm -hmm. it happens. So sometimes I'll uh, check out their profile and see if there's even somebody I want to associate with or anything. But then you get the obvious scammers. So at one point, I just accidentally uh, friended one and then immediate message right at the right at the gate. Wow, so they are on it. They are on it. They're they are getting that money. Somebody, we got a bite. We got a bite. Yeah, reel exactly. Them reel them in. Uh, so basically. <laughs> Wait, they, now I'm curious. Yeah. So when they start off with the introduction, is it like a, hi, how's it going? Or, hey, what's your mother's maiden name? <laughs> like, you know, what, are they trying to get that information right off the bat? No, they go compliment first. They're Ooh, real okay. sly about okay, it. Okay. Hey, handsome. Yeah, it's okay. The they got to butter you up first exactly. to get that to get that mother's maiden name and your, uh, and your favorite <laughs> school teacher from high school. <laughs> My first pet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, immediate red flag because look at me. So they set, open up with "Hey, handsome," and I know immediately what's going on. So I respond back, and you know, cordial, little flirty. You know, I'm not, I'm not above that. Okay. And then it gets to a point where they are a bit riled up, as it were. Oh, okay. They're, they're soliciting images, specifically one. Of my privates. This is the scam that I find myself in. Of your pri- what? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a it, it there. What my assumption is is this scam is looking for um, incels and trying to butter them up, and then once you send them a picture of your phalange, then uh, they blackmail you. Oh boy! So, so. <laughs> please tell me you did my Richard Dixon. 
No, oh. I did my own version. Oh, even better. <laughs> so we get to the point, and I'm like flirting because honestly, it makes me chuckle. We get to the point where they're soliciting, and I respond with a picture of Nightwing. Incredible. Dick yep. Grayson. Dick Grayson. So it's <laughs> it's then, a classic dick pic joke, but you send someone like Richard Nixon, Richard Gere, it's the perfect little bit. But there's that one picture of Nightwing where he's like turned like the stereotypical women's comic book pose where his back is facing the the uh the uh camera and his butt is voluptuous. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, that's, that's the only way to describe that. Yeah. That's my go-to Nightwing image to send to them. And then unfriended deleted message just, oh god <laughs> just immediately yeah you could physically see them like retracting their message this message was removed this message yep. was removed yep. <laughs> and it's, incredible it's been happening the last no notes <laughs> it's been happening the last like i've been getting like you said for the last couple months but i've just decided to fuck with them because what else am i gonna do with my day that is that's fun well i know what that is a good way to handle that as a bit especially because it, it's just it seems that they have a consistent consistent pattern. Yeah. You can, you can, the red flags are very prominent. Yeah. And you could just do it. Like you don't have to really put too much effort into it to to fuck with them, which is pretty good. Great. That is very satisfying. Yeah. So I've done that uh, five times now. And if it keeps happening, I'm not going to stop. Yeah. Why not? (laughs) Gives you, gives you a sense of like enjoyment out of the day. Yeah. And then I look yourself and then I think to myself, is this a bit? And I go, yes. Oh, of course. (laughs) Everything, everything is always a bit. (laughs) Uh, so it's been a while since you and I recorded, and it's even going to be a longer time because uh, we don't have anything. I, all, my, all our past shit got deleted. <laughs> so that's that's been fun. I need to get it out there because it's bothering me. Yeah. I was uploading to a website. The website said, nah, we're fucking done with this. And um, I didn't back anything up. So that's on me. Want to know what? Eh. <laughs> we weren't paid for this. No, we're not being paid for this. But it's also the fact is, it's like, well, I know what? That's fine because I totally forget about what we record like immediately <laughs> after we record. It's, it's like week to week. You could tell me that we haven't been recording for these last five years. And like this is like a whole made up like beautiful mind uh, fight club situation. I'd be like, yeah, that that tracks, I guess. Like, <laughs> I guess I haven't been here. I don't know. Anyway, so basically I, I made a mistake. I'm learning from it. And I've made a promise to myself. I need to live life at the fullest. I need to back up what I say. And the reason I bring this up... And back up your files more importantly. back up my files, exactly. <laughs> the reason I bring this up is I was chatting with a couple friends at work. I want to hear your, your opinion on this. And we were talking about the best way to enter a party. It's like, you're invited. You're not crashing. You're invited. People are expecting you. But you want to enter the correct way. A way that accentuates who you're going to be at the party and what you want out of the party. So we spent like a thir- we had a 30 minute conversation between like five of us talking about the best way to make an entrance to the party. Now, in your opinion, what would you do to get the most out of your grand entrance? The most <laughs> So are we talking like realistically what I would do or just balls to the wall? Well, let's spice both. it up. So <laughs> I think to really, if I like, if we know, because we we are going to a party tonight, yes, for example. This is why I brought it up. Yeah, because there's certain people. Uh, <laughs> it's a weird. My like sorry. My sweat. So I'm <laughs> wearing a sweater. Dangles. What are these called? Dangles? I don't know. I call them the the sweater laces for the hood. I just went. I just shrugged my shoulders and one of the laces. It's like on a the cool microphone. like like flick that you do with your collar, but instead it was with your like little laces. Anyhow, we can really sidetracked here. Um, I think I would come in with the intention of. Knowing that I want to party. So burning out, like going in, like, hey, like just kind of like being casual, you know, because it's typically the people who are going to come to the door and be like, hey, how's it going? And then immediately pulling out the liquor, like getting to the table, setting that stuff up, knowing that you're ready to like to party and hang out. And more importantly, like willing to share. Ooh, so you're coming in loaded. You are BYOB, even if it ain't. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, like in the like in certain instances, like we'll bring like just liquor to share. Like, a, like you'll obviously have your own drinks, but then you'll bring some hard liquor to try out. Be like, hey, let's try this and stuff like that. Like one of the things um, that I used to do, I haven't done as much when we go to parties. Like, I would bring like different gins and stuff like that. And be like, hey, I'm taking shot. Like, do you want some? Do you want to try this gin and stuff like that? Because it's something I like, and that's kind of like a conversation starter. They're like, oh, I don't like gin, and it's like, oh, okay, and you can kind of start it there, right? Um, so I think that's how I would do it. Uh, otherwise, normally, depending if I didn't know the people, I'd kind of like just slink in and like chat with the people that I know. So that's le- that's a legit way. Do you want a balls to the wall answer? Because if not, that's the exact method that I went with this conversation. Okay, <laughs> so it's the, it's the same person. Um, 
I, like a balls to the wall situation to like let me paint you a picture so we're talking like early 2000s party movie where it's not just in the house it's in the front lawn as well oh, okay so it's like old school you know what like american pie yeah yeah okay so have that 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 is very important for my entrance what i want to do is have a i don't know silverado or whatever like not my car. This is important. Not my car. Drive up to the front of the party and why a Silverado? It's like it's going down to the specificities that you're like. It's like it needs to be a 1979 Silverado, silver. Like the was, who's the guy that wrote "Walking Into Walking in Memphis"? Mark Cohen. Mark Cohen has a song called Silver Thunderbird, all right? So I, it, that's – Okay. It, it, I just listened to that. Oh. That's why it was in my – or Silver th- – whatever the fuck. Anyway, it was just the first car in my head. I'm sorry. I have exquisite taste. Um, so a Dodge Subaru or whatever. Uh, no, the point is it's not my car. It's a 90s car. <laughs> it's, it's not my car. Okay. So it drives up to the place. I, the back door opens. I get kicked out. My dress is a bit torn, a bit dirty. I get kicked out. I stand up, open up the jacket, pull out a flask, take a sip, enter. That is my go-to entrance to a party. Because immediately you have people asking questions. And the important part is you answer none of them. A lot of this introduction is also interesting because that could also be your wrestling introduction. That's kind of where I was <laughs> like, going. It's about to say that's it's very much See, I can't goes bring, hand in hand. I can't bring pyro into somebody's house, so I'm going to come up with something else. <laughs> that's pretty good. That is honestly a pretty good one. If you just kind of get into like knocking, like throwing out, out, out of the car. back of a car. Back of the car is also specific because if I get kicked out of the you know, passenger side, then you know I'm at least friendly with the driver. Mm-hmm. But out of the back seat, that raises more questions, which I again will not answer. Hmm. Okay. So I think if I was going to do a really comical one like that, not a comical attention grabbing, attention grabbing is now I'm trying to think having people pull up and there's people like there's partying everyone, like everyone's out in the front lawn. American pie. Yeah. And uh, all of a sudden like people get out of the car, but the car just stays parked there. People are like, what the hell? And all of a sudden they hear a banging on the trunk (laughs) and they just hear, and then just hear, let me out, let me out. And then it's like, all of a sudden, they open the trunk out, up, and it's just me just standing full up, and I have a keg, and I'm like, yeah, shots! And I'm like, then all of a sudden, I'm doing the shots. That's what I would do. What was, what's the party movie where it was shot like Cloverfield? Was it like Party X or something? Yeah. I think See, that's... It's very that. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That was like a found weird found footage party movie. Yeah. Or one of the... So when I brought up the car thing, I had a coworker say what they would do is if the party is at 8... They would go at 6.30 and climb the roof of their house. And that, just wait? <laughs> and just wait. And once the party gets going, then they descend from the roof and make a noise. Like, not a, hey, look up here, but more like a drop something on the, something metal. So, you, you know, people are looking at the sound. They look up. And then you climb down. And again, important part, answer no questions. Yeah, like how you broke and enter before the party. Uh, is it breaking and enter if you don't actually enter? It's just trespassing. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Your weird technicalities in the law here. So you're saying that they just hit out on the roof yeah. for like three hours? No. Party's at 8. They're at 6.30. They arrive at 6.30. It takes a while to sneakily get up a house. You don't want the host to know that you're on the roof. Oh, boy. <laughs> is this a party or home invasion, Drew? <laughs> I mean, isn't a party just a consensual home invasion? <laughs> Look at you being the Aristotle of bullshit parties. Shut up. Basically, like, I'm Joe Pesci and my cousin Vinny right now. Just the weird spinning of the law. Yeah. Like, well, officers. <laughs> have you considered? Yeah, have you thought of this? Oh, my God. All right, cat. <laughs> Huh. I just got everything working on the first go. Cats, I swear, if you knock down these cords, I'm going to disown you. <laughs> anyway, besides your entrance, you're going to empty it. Yeah, I'm just going to like all of a sudden like knock it and like all of a sudden just pop up. Like I'll have like the classic like tie around my head, like party boy stands for the 90s and then have the keg ready to go. And people are, and then just like start like doing keg stands or whatever the hell it is that Love people it. do. Yeah. Uh, so that actually reminded me of a story. So I took the last weekend to go to Windsor to go to a wrestling show. Hmm. And uh, the story I have happens way before we actually get to the wrestling show. 
So my buddy rents a Jeep, and four of us are driving from here to Windsor. We get about three hours in to where we have to make a stop. You know, your bathroom breaks, get some food, all that. Empty out the vehicle of the trash. So we get a bag, we put all the trash in, and two guys leave to go put the trash in the bin. I'm in the back seat. There's a gentleman in the passenger seat. Name's Danny. And have I mentioned we're in a Jeep? That's important. Yes. Okay. Well, Danny sees a latch above him, and without a second thought, flips the switch. Oh, no. And the roof pops up. Oh, no. So, so he's panicking, uh, trying to put the roof back onto the Jeep. And I'm like, what are you doing? There's the little white peg. You're supposed to put it in the hole. And he says, I'm trying to put it in the hole. So I open the door, and I'm just hanging out the back area trying to push the roof in. And then we just see our other two friends uh, just standing at the trash bin, shaking their heads. And eventually, we were able to figure out how to actually put the thing back in. And there was... Dead silence for 30 minutes until finally the driver, the guy who rented the Jeep, said, two minutes. <laughs> I left you alone for two goddamn minutes. I mean, to his credit, at least he didn't pop it while you were driving. Like, just yes. be like, hey, boop, and then all of a sudden it just, like, rolls right off onto the highway. That is very true. Like, that could have ended very badly. Also... What a poor design system. <laughs> yeah. If he was a child, which to be fair, he was. But if it was a child, you know, what's stopping them from just taking off that? Uh, I, want, I didn't want to touch the doors because I heard that Jeep doors pop off very easily. And I basically didn't want to touch any buttons. And I was just going to uh, only use that lever that um, opens the door. Because there was another button that they swear was the window, but I didn't trust it. <laughs> what? They don't have like this emergency ejection that the car, like, the they door have a will come off. That takes the roof off. Yeah, but that's a common thing because it's a like a pop off. Like that happens. But like I know car, like the Jeep doors can come off. But like you have to put some effort. It's not just this immediate button that you press and then it like ejects it out like a Mission Impossible thing. And then it just slides onto the highway. Like that's not how that works. Well, I'm glad that you read a Jeep manual Ugh. before bed every night and know how it works. <laughs> Am I gonna know that? that would, yeah, that that makes sense. Because <laughs> I don't. I I've been driving Ford since I was sixteen. You see Jurassic Park? They have the jeeps in that movie. They, I don't see them take it. You know how the doors come off in Jurassic Park? Dinosaurs. You know what we don't have to deal with on the road? To our dinosaurs. <laughs> no, you just have to. <laughs> we just have to deal with children who may pop off a roof, which is equally as dangerous as dinosaurs. Ah, uh, the T Rex popped off the roof, not the children. No, I mean the people that were in your car. Oh, fair. Yeah. Yeah. So it said the monsters are inside the car. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> uh, was, I wonder if there was any other major stories that, uh, oh, I can introduce you to uh, one of my new favorite wrestlers. Sure. <laughs> because all I, I can't need say to no. do. Huh? I can't say no. You can't because basically I have you trapped here for an hour. Um I just need to show you his minute-long theme, and since this show isn't live, I will post just a little clip of the guy's theme. Say his name and he appears. I believe in Joe Hendry. I believe in Joe Hendry. Cause you love him in London and Paris and Tokyo, America, Scotland. That is just a really elaborate real estate commercial. It's phenomenal. Joe Hendry is currently their digital media champion, which is exactly what you think it is. <laughs> he, he, his whole thing is that he uses modern technology to uh, help his uh, promos, his presentation, and his matches. Okay, that's kind of smart. I believe uh, they have a special match that they have for the championship. I think it's called like a techno DQ. Those are a lot of buzzwords there. <laughs> um, so is he a new wrestler? Like is this? Well, technically he has been, Joe Hendry has been around for a while, but he debuted this new gimmick a few months ago. Okay. He debuted for Impact and he, he basically his vignettes before debuting were like, Joe Hendry is here to inspire you. Okay, so it's like this whole, like, that's his whole shtick. It's like this motivational kind of, like, guru, almost like... Positivity, and yeah. like, I'm here to help. And here's the thing. It was billed as a bad guy, but he is just so goddamn entertaining. 
that they had to turn him into a good guy pretty much immediately. It's a good shtick. It is. It's pretty funny to have like someone who's just like it's 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 faux cheese. Like it it works for that as a good wrestling dumb bit. Because also the guitar. That's just. By the way, I, so I was not a big fan of Joe Hendry when he debuted. I didn't get him, but when I saw him live, I finally understood. It's because there is so much that the audience participates with Joe Hendry. Okay. So first off, say his name and he appears. I believe in Joe Hendry. Clap, clap. The audience claps then again. And then he does it again. You clap again. You clap to the rhythm. And then at some point he says, wave your hands from side to side. So now the audience waves their hands from side to side. And then the cheer that you have for him is we believe. There is so much audience interaction with this guy and he soaks it up. He is able to build up such a following just simply by his theme and his presence. I'm like, God damn, he got me. Yeah, he looks like a like a, like an entertainer above all else as he wants to entertain and knows this is kind of... He, I feel like he knows it's kind of ridiculous and he's having the most fun with it. Oh, he knows. Absolutely. And the thing is, he's also great in the ring. Oh, that's, even, that's perfect then. He's like a well-rounded wrestler. When he was... Uh, uh, so we were watching the pay-per-view Sacrifice. And to build up his match with Brian May. No. I can't remember his name. I feel so bad. A wrestler. A wrestler. But a really good wrestler. I just can't remember his name. He trains a lot of great stuff. Brian Myers. Okay. Anyway, he deserves to have his name spoken. Uh, To build up the match, literally, there's a vignette between two guys, Santina Morella and Vladimir Kozlov. And at some point, we just hear... Say his name and he appears. And then he literally just appears from behind a poster. <laughs> okay, that's a, good, that's, a, that's a good shtick. And then he walks up to the camera and says, I challenge Brian Myers. And then the match happens. I do like that shtick. That's it's pretty funny. so good. And then he's with a stripper. <laughs> that's a transition. Well, he's in a tag team now with a guy named Dirty Dango, who is a male stripper that decided to become a wrestler. And his tagline is, let's get weird. They work well together. I had to bring wrestling in here somewhere. I'm sorry. Oh, yes. And where else throughout the podcast are you actually going to incorporate wrestling? I promise to not. I'm not going to finish that. There's no guarantee. You, every episode, I can't guarantee like, yeah, anything. I can't. If, it go, if it naturally goes there, I'm going to jump on <laughs> And even if it doesn't. <laughs> even if it doesn't, I might, I might jump on that again. Anyways, um, I have discovered I'm broken at this wrestling show. Mentally, physically, emotionally, all three? All three, actually. Because, uh, first off, I don't need as much sleep as I thought I did. That's not a bad thing, though. Is it, though? Because, like, the doctors say you're supposed to get eight hours of sleep. I think it depends on the person, though. Like, yeah, the eight hours, I think, is a standard. But, like, if you can function... Most men can actually function with six hours or less. Yeah. Well... Here's how I found that out. So we get to the wrestling show. starts at 7. We get out at about 11. Uh, the Buffalo Wild Wings is open till 1, so that was perfect. Went to the Buffalo Wild Wings, had something to eat, a little something to drink as well. Get back to the uh, place we were staying, and I slept for maybe, I think all of us slept for maybe three hours because there were no curtains in the place that we were sleeping, so the sun woke us up whether we wanted to or not. And then when it came to like the afternoon, mm-hmm. uh, everybody wanted a nap. So we went back to the place. Everybody lied down. I lied down for like maybe five minutes. I was like, can't, can't. So I just get my headphones and I put on my phone and I just watch videos for like two hours. I mean, that's not a bad thing. I was just listening to your body. I mean, it. your body is broken in so many other ways. <laughs> so in the one instance that this is maybe beneficial for you, that kind of works. Okay. Like, that's not as bad as I think it is. No, I think it's just listening to your body. And like, if you need more sleep, get that sleep. Okay. Why are you looking at me? Why is my wife looking at me? Because, like, the doctors say you're supposed to, and I'm not doing what I'm I supposed think to. It's so- I think if you're consistently, like, like forcing yourself awake and then, like, you're, like, exerting yourself and you're not getting that sleep, that's fine. But if your body is like, hey, I'm fine and I'm up, like, listen to your body. Like, it's the same thing for me in the mornings. Like, even on weekends, like, I'll, I typically run probably on six to eight hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just like, when my body's up, it's up. Like even on weekends, like last night I went to bed at midnight and then I was up at like six thirty this morning. I was like, well, I'm up. I'm, and like, I'm not going to fall back asleep. because I'll be groggy and miserable. So I'll just get up and do my stuff in the mornings. Like I'll just, I'll do workout. I'll, I'll watch my star Wars, bad batch, which we got to talk about that. I have that. watched the first episode 
and I, 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 I season like it. one. Yeah. Okay. Gets I, better. I like it. Okay. It, it gets better. The second season just wrapped up, but I can get into that a bit later. But it's, yeah, it's just listening to your body and stuff like that. And like, if you're if you're tired, then just get more sleep. Okay. That's it. <laughs> so that's not an example of my body being broken. Yeah, that's the that that is literally the rare example of your body being like, oh, I I don't need this. Also, because you said you've been like going to the gym a bit more. Yeah. So. That is also a factor, right? When you start working out more and stuff, your body is feeling more energetic, right? Rather than kind of stagnant, if you will. So, like, that might also be a factor of, like, you don't need as much sleep because you're in a routine now and you kind of have – your body's kind of used to a certain exertion now. Okay. I might have another example of why my body is broken. Why am I turning into like a WebMD? (laughs) Like (laughs) – Because you run every day and I – a part of me falls off every three minutes. So I work in radio, and one of the things we have are microphones. So it gets to my time to speak. I reach up, I grab the microphone, I bring it to me, and I feel something in my shoulder. Did you seriously pull something in your shoulder? And then I put my arm down, I do my bit, and when I talk, you know, I use my hands a lot. And then when I'm done the bit, I'm like, oh boy, my arm hurts. And then I realize I can't lift my arm past my shoulder. Like still? No, I can now. Okay. There is, a continuation, like, uh... there is a continuation to this story, but for like a solid 12 hours, I lifted my arm and I couldn't get it past my shoulder. All because I grabbed a microphone and brought it closer to my face. So you might be hunching and hurting yourself. Like you might be like the way you're standing and stuff like that might be like you might be putting too much pressure on like your upper back because or lower back because I ended up going to see a physiotherapist because I did that when I... Because for my job, like I'm sitting at a computer screen for a lot and like I try to get up and, and move every so often. But it's like the way I, I sit, like I'm naturally like have a little bit of a slouch and it definitely impacts like your shoulders and stuff like that. So your, your muscle strength is not as strong. So like I do a certain workouts now and stuff to help out with that. So maybe try doing that with like elastic bands and stuff like that just to help that because that can get worse. Okay. Well, I'll keep that one in mind. Yeah. But the, the, the other reason I brought this up. So that's another not body broken. Hey, I'm two for two. Uh, I don't understand how A535 works. So I get the A535 because, you know, give it a shot because I'm not able to lift my arm. Uh, Rub it against there. Sleep. Have a decent sleep. Not great because the shoulder. And then I wake up, go to work, and out today, perfectly fine. And I don't. I would love it so much if you just pulled that right that in there. You're like, oh no, as you're physically do, doing all of this stuff. Just do that. Uh, who's the band? The Who that does the spinning guitar thing. Yeah, and then you just immediately like pull out your shoulder. Yeah, luckily no. Uh, but I don't understand the science of rubbing something on skin and then the thing underneath the skin feeling better. Uh, so eight five three five. I, I'm again. I'm I'm not WebMD. What do you want from me? But from what I understand, like I'm, it absorbs like it's through your skin. And can help with that. Again, I can help I'm not things. an A535. <laughs> I'm not an A535 like medical professional. I don't know this shit. I'm, I'm just all I know is like from what they say in those things, and like in the commercials. And it's like, oh, you rub it in, and like it absorbs, and it helps release some of the issues. Like there's, I don't know, some couple of come on. What do you want from me? Just ask them. Just ask the professionals. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Drew. I don't. I am well, here for dumb pop culture stuff, not for your medical needs. Which is great, because we haven't covered any pop culture nonsense. <laughs> None of that. If you want to transition, uh, you want to know how, into pop culture, you want to know how I found out about the, the biggest arrest story of the last 24 hours? Wait, which one? There's been multiple arrests. Like, are you talking about Trump? Yeah. Are you, oh, okay. Do you want to know how I found out? Hmm. <laughs> this is Tick, why I didn't... TikToks, the no. Utes. No. So, I see a headline. WWE Hall of Fame inductee. Shut up. <laughs> just... You don't even have to shut up. That's the <laughs> dumbest way to find that out. Indicted. You work in news for fuck's sake. <laughs> and you found out from a WWE bit? Yeah. You're serious right no, now. Yeah, 100% serious. Holy I opened sh- my phone up in the morning and the top story was like WWE Hall of Fame. It's been indicted. Hall of Famer indicted. And I'm like, oh dear God, what wrestler has made a mistake now? And then I opened up the. Oh, it's former <laughs> president. Oh, Trump. that makes sense. <laughs> Your life is just a made-up hodgepodge of, like... Wrestling movies and comic books? Yeah. Yeah, but also just how. How, how did... 
how did you come to live this long <laughs> is a continuous question that I have to ask myself of just, you somehow have got through it. Spite and luck. Okay, that's, yeah, that's, there you go. Like somehow you're, you're, you're rolling crits here somehow, like you're doing well, but Jesus. So yeah, okay. Anyway, that's how I found out about that news was that the Hall of Fame inductee was... You work in news. Like you have to present news like on an hourly basis. Yes. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like... I can't... It was the first thing I opened in the morning. Okay. Oh, oh boy. All right. Um... You want to talk about movies? Sure, we can talk about movies. Yeah. You watched a movie that I've been recommending to you for months. Yes, and I finally watched it. And? Uh, and? Did bullet I fucking, Train. Did I fucking oh. tell you? Oh, yeah. oh boy, you. that movie is something else. We're talking about Bullet Train. Yeah, and for uh, since this is basically the first episode because everything else got fucking deleted, uh, here's how it works. You may have noticed in the, in the description there are timestamps. Uh, we go spoiler-free, so we're not going to tell you anything about the movie that'll ruin the movie, and then we just go spoiler-filled. So, if you want to skip the whole thing and go into it absolutely blind, skip ahead to the next topic. Uh, if you don't want it spoiled, you can skip ahead. I got timestamps down there specifically for that reason. Okay, with that in mind, I fucking told you! Yes, Bullet Train by director David Leach, who is... One of the, it has one of the, he's created one of the best movies ever, which is The Fast and the Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw is the funniest movie title <laughs> to me. I totally forgot that he did that yeah, one. Yeah, oh my God. But this movie is Brad Pitt on a bullet train in Tokyo uh, with a bunch of assassins. And that movie is two hour, a little over two hours long and that movie just does not let up. It is from like minute one, you are just in it for a thrill ride. And it, it delivers on every front. Also, he directed Deadpool 2. Yes, he did. Yeah. Um, uh, Deadpool 1. Did he do 2? Yes. Oh, he did both of them. He was part of Deadpool 1, but he actually, I think, directed Deadpool 2. Oh, my apologies. Yeah, so he... But, for, again, the minute you get on that train and they have those opening bits, you're like, all right, I know what I'm in for, and it's just Brad Pitt dealing with a bunch of assassins uh, on a train, in a, and it's just... Balls to the wall, ludicrous, like over the top action. Uh, that is, it's it just in terms of like those old stereotypes from the '90s of like a thrill ride, like of your life and stuff like that. That's what Bullet Train is to the extreme. It is fun. Everybody in that on that um, in the cast is having an absolute blast with it. Like you could tell, and it's just ridiculous action that they're able to like partake in. I mean, when you go through his like, previous discography, he directed Hobbs and Shaw. He directed the Celine Dion Ashes video for Deadpool 2. He directed Deadpool 2. And he was uh, uh, one of the directors of John Wick. Yes, yeah, he kind of helped with that. So that kind of over-the-top action nonsense is what you're getting, but with, like, neon. Yo, yeah. Like, and that's the thing. This movie has a style to it, like, not only in terms of, like, the action sequences and the way they're cut, but just the general aesthetic of that movie is taking, like, neon, like, Tokyo, and just shoving that all onto a bullet train for two hours. Like, it's just... It is a visually pleasing action movie. With great character actors. Oh, my God. So Brad Pitt is kind of like the straight man through all of this, even though he does have a bit of a quirkiness to him. But did you have a favorite of the otherworldly characters in this film? I don't uh, know if you and I are the same. Um, I don't want to spoil a certain character because this is like he comes That's out later. That's your favorite is a spoiler? Okay. Um, he's one of them. But I think my favorite one is uh, Brian Tyree uh, Henry from Atlanta. Oh, yeah. He's known. Uh, he plays Lemon, one of the hitmen alongside Aaron Taylor Johnson, which is Tangerine. Yep. They're Them together, their chemistry was so good and something that I was like, I want to see them in more. Like, imagine them in, like, a buddy cop or them appearing. Like, they're a perfect, like, they would be, like, a perfect continuance in the Hobbs and Shaw universe, right? Like, having them, like, as buddy cops or something like that, they would be perfect casting in that. Um, I, I thought their chemistry as Hitmen was really funny. Um, the whole... Um, Thomas the Tank Thomas engine. the Tank Engine, like, their whole referential bit and obsession with that was this weird thing, uh, really tying nicely into them being on a bullet train. Like, it was just funny. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. great. Um, yeah, they were absolutely... <laughs> Don't you love Thomas the Tank Engine? It's not a, it's not a real train. Anyway, um, 
What I appreciate. Oh, I lost my train of thought. Son of a bitch. Oh, I remember what it was. I'm a straight man, but let me say, the progression of Alan, Aaron Taylor Johnson in this film kind of... He could get it. He could get it. <laughs> yeah. The, the more he goes on in that film, the more I'm like, yeah, I get it. He's a very... Yeah, he's very charming, like, in that persona. That um, must, not many men can pull off a mustache. No, no. His character works. Like, it's just... He's a... He's a unique... Again, what I like is that, like, all of these characters are unique hitmen in their own way. Like, it's like... It's a smart choice to make some of their characters like their like their style of killing their whole character. Yep. Um, and they kind of do that with um, uh, Lemon and Tangerine, but you could tell that they have this like they've been working for a while and they kind of had this routine down pat. Um, and it's just everything's thrown for a loop because you know they aren't they're not aware of the other hitmen on the train and like and then all of everything that happens and it's just. It's fun how each cart in that train just feels like a different boss level of a video game is one of the things I particularly adored. It kind of reminded me a bit of Snowpiercer in that regard. 100%. Absolutely. Definitely designed that way. Because, again, when you're stuck on a train like, you know, a Snowpiercer was about the class system that uh, Bon Joon Ho was clearly really trying to get into. But... but here, it's just different boss levels and different styles of hitmen, and it's just fun as hell. And just randomly, Bad Bunny shows up. Like don't, I, that's not a spoiler; he's in the poster. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, my introduction to Bad Bunny, I'm sorry, was wrestling. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. He uh, was a guest uh, in WrestleMania. I'd want to say it was the, either the previous year or the year before, and. Uh, Bro was dedicated. Like, he did things in the ring. He did something called a Canadian Destroyer, which is pretty difficult to do. And because he had a real respect and passion for the business. So seeing him pull off fight choreography with Brad Pitt was just kind of satisfying because of, like, he actually likes this stuff. Yeah, he's doing what he likes. He's a very successful Latin artist. And it's just doing uh, fight choreography for fun. And I like that. Yeah, he committed to the character, which I really respected, especially because that character is just fun and stupid but not as like it's not it's not the worst like most over the top one which you know inevitably we'll get to but i cannot say enough good things about that movie it was very the dialogue in it was really witty um brad pitt's character again being this i don't want to say fish out of water but like because he is a hitman when it comes down to it but like the one that's the odd one out kind of in this situation that kind of has nothing to do with anything until or nothing to do with stuff so we presume yeah, I I can't say anything else without spoiling it. Uh, yeah. For me, though, 100% a now. Like, it's one of those oh. movies I messaged you afterwards, and I was like, I'm buying this movie. Yep, and uh, I have it. Um, so, it, for those that don't know, we have our rating system. We keep it simple. It's a never, never watch it. Later, if it comes on, now go out and watch it, and I'm with you now. Yeah. Bullet train. If the idea of assassins on a train sounds fun, you'll have a good time. Yeah, that's exactly it. Don't expect, like, going in a lot with, like, the most... Like, you're not getting like dialogue. Yeah, you're not going to get art house or like a self reflective, like, hitman, but you get some of that. But it's also captured in an over the top, gratuitous fashion. Uh, For case in point, here's my favorite bit. By the way, going into spoilers, give you a second to go into the description, skip ahead if you don't want it spoiled for you. We recommend Bullet Train. Um, The bit that I don't know why I love so much, but I do, is when uh, the grandfather talks to Brad Pitt. And says, I want to tell you a story. And he's like, no, it's a short one. No, I, I don't need it. Here's the story. Yeah. I don't know why, but that bit got me. For me, it was the one which was, um, oh my God, as a character, like a spoiler, which is like a Zazie Beats, which is fun because, you know, Brian Terry Henry. And oh, her- uh, yeah, Domino. Yeah, exactly. She's Domino, but she, they also work together in Atlanta as like the Hornet and just the constant how that she's in that costume the entire time. Because like, oh, it's one of the train cars, which is like the kid's car. And she's in this like, is it a bunny outfit or uh, something? It's like a that? mascot. It's Mod- a Hello Kitty. Ripoff. Yeah, it's like, a, yeah, oh, that's what it is. It's like a Hello Kitty knockoff. And that thing is just constantly getting the shit kicked out of it. And then realizing afterwards that there's a hitman inside of it. It's a really good bit of then her trying to kill him in this whole over the top action sequence. It's the Hornet. I loved her little carriage side piece there. I think what it is, is I love the over the top effects and everything. Mm-hmm. But the thing was the small things in the movie, like when it get when it gets quiet and subtle, <laughs> like when she gets the poison and he takes the antidote, you only had one. Oh, that's poor planning. Oh, 
do you need a hug? Yeah, yeah. Just some water, water. Yeah, yeah. Can, 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 <laughs> so we can quiet and just like really absorb what the fuck is going on. Yeah, mm. it's those quiet. Yeah, and that's the thing. This movie does really well. Is the the quiet kills moments? Like you have these certain action sequences, and then they kind of linger on it in a comical fashion that kind of removes some of the the tension. Because again, this whole movie is supposed to be fun, and they're not necessarily supposed to focus on the action. Like the other one was like, um, uh. Brian Tyler Henry, right? Like after he's shot, you're like, oh man, they make this dramatic moment out of it. And then afterwards, you know, he wakes up in some <laughs> bathroom and he's like, Jesus Christ. Like the whole bit of like why he, like the whole inner joke of like him, uh, Tangerine and him yep. of uh, wearing body armor. Like, did you catch that? Yeah. Like Where the whole shirts of, again, Alan Terrell Johnson throughout the movie getting a bit more attractive. He's got his jacket undone a little bit because in earlier in the film, he says he wore a vest while Lemon didn't. And then we see, uh, him with his shirt open not wearing the vest actually cooing in that his uh, brother survived but not only that it's like their joke nearly the beginning and stuff like that is uh he's always commenting uh about uh why are you always wearing like a like a uh a, a vest it's not going to shave you like it's not going to save you from a neck shot which is exactly how he dies and just <laughs> that's a whole comical bit yeah and it's just one of these bits where he's like it's not going to save you from getting shot in the neck and you know that's how he dies is getting shot in the neck and it's just like these weird comical moments of like oh okay this movie knows what it's doing like it's kind of like it's it's playing with those expectations and kind of setting up those dominoes and then just like slowly like by the ending when everyone's de- like getting killed knocking them down Oh, and then there's like a five minute sequence where we follow a bottle of water, which. Oh, man, the bottle of water moment is incredible. That whole presentation. Which has to be one of the greatest product placements in recent memory. Because what bottle of water was it? Fiji water. It was? Okay. Right. It was Fiji water. Uh, that That is product placement I can get behind. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was just a perfect like from like and it's such a smart perspective like showing how that like started from you know actually being in the vending machine to like being used as a weapon like being thrown around to knocking someone out because they put the sleeping agent in the water and knocking out uh, Brian Henry Tyler Henry's character Tyree Henry Jesus <laughs> just say tangerine or just, taste say just say lemon yeah just, I, yeah I was about to say just say lemon it makes it a lot easier like to knocking out lemon like that whole little arc there of like just following this dumb bottle of water is very funny uh, but the character that you wanted to talk about the spoiler at the end is the reveal of who um, what is it Red Knight oh god damn it White Death. White Death. Yeah. Oh, because he's Caucasian. That's what it was. But he wore the red mask. That's where my head was yeah. monkey. Yeah. Of uh, Michael Shannon <laughs> as White Death. And Michael Shannon is one of our running... Michael Shannon is one of our running jokes where... Oh, yeah. If... If 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 there was a news or like breaking news, Michael Shannon has been arrested for murder. I'd be like, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, that's like it, it, he's one of those actors where if he again he was arrested for murder, totally tracks. It's like, like yeah, that makes our, sense. I think we have three now. It's it's Michael Shannon. Uh, Army Hammer. Which? Well, <laughs> hasn't uh, confirmed yet, but we're, we're waiting on it. Yeah. And um, Aaron Eckhart. That's right. Aaron Eckhart was one of them. Yeah. yeah. Those are the three that we uh, that wouldn't be surprised if turned out to be Because there's just a menace behind them. But, like, Michael Shannon's up for anything in all of those <laughs> movies. Like, what was it? That Night Before Christmas movie or whatever with uh, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Seth Rogen and stuff. And he's just in it as the oh, fucking yeah. weed dealer. That's funny as hell. And just... Him playing like white death in this as like, you know, this Russian trained like Russian trained Yakuza is so good. It was such such a fun reveal as him being like this main menace and like his daughter who is like one of the other hitmen on the train who's just trying to win his affections by killing people. It's by just, killing him. But yeah, it's just like, such a sure. weird bit. Um <laughs> But the actual one that I found was funny as a small bit because that's what he does best was Channing Tatum. All right, I forgot. Channing, Channing Tatum <laughs> is such a such a good joke. Like the whole, it's like is this a sex thing. Is this a sex thing? Because I mean, like the whole. What, what, I remember, don't remember what he asked, but it's just like the whole. It's like there's people coming after me. They're gonna kill me. It's like is this a sex thing? It's like no. And then him like screaming, I'd be okay if it was a sex thing. Just saying, it's just a funny gag to me. And then, Aaron and then he's just gone. And then uh, Tangerine taking off the hat and like, is this the sex? Is, thing? is this the sex thing? Yeah, like. It's just a perfect bit where I was like, oh, man, are they going to introduce Channing Tatum as a hitman? No, no, no. He's, he's just, just gone. It's it's the Channing Tatum effect. It's like with Free Guy. We have a Channing Tatum. Let's use him. Anything towards the plot? 
no, yeah. we'll just have him. And it's just the other running gag that I had was the other hitman that they bring in, which was uh, good old Ryan Reynolds. Oh, God, that reveal at the end. That is the type of twist I'm here for. Yeah. Because it turns out Michael Shannon orchestrated the whole thing for all the assassins to be on there and essentially kill each other because they were all implicit in his wife's death. <laughs> Only to goof and get the wrong hitman because the guy was on a break. Because he had a stomach thing. <laughs> it's a stomach thing, which is Ryan Reynolds' character. So Brad Pitt was brought in to do the hit. And it's just <laughs> such a stupid ass, like, like resolving of that plot. Because, you know, for those that may have remembered Deadpool 2, where Brad Pitt shows up for a couple seconds getting electrocuted on the it's, wire and now Ryan Reynolds shows up for half a second just turning to the camera it's and it's also especially because also Ryan Reynolds also coming as a weird dumb cameo bit in Hobbs and Shaw oh, right where he's like really attached to the rock yeah he was like his co- like his like his partner or whatever like it's just now just using him as like this weird gag for like a quick second on set which is just funny to me and yeah then it's just a quick one and done and Ryan Reynolds is gone but it's it's a movie that is self-aware enough that it doesn't care. Like it's just it's fun. It is a it's a blast from beginning to end. And not to say that there isn't passion in there, but no. they know what they're doing and they're like let's turn it up. Let's learn from John Wick and just get more and more ridiculous. And that's honestly what I'm here for is if nothing else, like John Wick it has its certain slice of the pie in terms of like apparently that fourth movie, which again, we got to see at some point yeah. is like three hours long. And apparently it is an incredible action movie top to bottom. But like, I really like how a lot of those directors have come out of that and are just giving us some old school like action movies just with a more modern like aesthetic, right? Like I want to see more of those types of films. Speaking of taking things from the past to inspire the modern. Have you finished Poker Face yet? Can we talk about that next week? I haven't yet. I'm on, I think we're episode four or five, but oh man, Poker Face is great so far. Um, I'm absolutely loving it. We just haven't had as much time because of certain other things that have been going on. Yeah. Fair. Uh, All right. So we we recommend Bullet Train. Let us know if there are any other movies that are like that, where they take inspiration from the past or that are just over the top, stupid fun. That's what we're here for. Absolutely. Uh, so you, we talked earlier, not in this show, but like months and months ago about James Gunn and his reveal of the, his DC lineup. Yes. And one of those things was the Supergirl, fuck, World of Tomorrow? No. Supergirl of Tomorrow? Shit, I've already forgotten it. I think it's just called Supergirl, I thought. No, it's got a tomorrow in there somewhere. I thought it was, I thought the Superman movie was Man of Tomorrow. Fuck. And that's where you might be getting mixed up. That might be where I'm getting mixed up. Hold on, fact checking myself. Girl of the future. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> what, what? What? At what point? Uh, you know what? Nope. Supergirl does come from the future and then becomes Power Girl. Can't fault you for that one. Woman of Tomorrow. You actually nailed it. Okay. Yeah. Woman of Tomorrow. Read it. Uh, pretty good. Yeah? A little wordy. Like, um, do you remember that animated movie? I think it was called Home. It had uh, the guy who plays Sheldon in Big Bang Theory as a purple alien. No. Oh, okay. Sure, it's not a fever dream? <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure it exists. But the reason I didn't like that movie was because the way the character spoke just kind of threw me off a bit. Like, he, it's the broken English that came in. It's very hard to describe. But what kind of threw me off about Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow, and I wish I knew going in, was that the character... The, the character that we're following is not Supergirl. It's kind of like an escort mission. And she uses 50 words where 10 would suffice. Mm-hmm. Like really goes into over-explaining because that's kind of the character trait. And okay. it took a couple of books to get used to. But other than that, I think it was a solid introduction to Supergirl. Okay, and that's what I was going to ask. Is like Because if it's setting the foundation of this is what he's going to use to influence that Supergirl movie, that's what I one out of that yeah so here's the basic plot in case anybody's looking to read the book uh supergirl celebrates her 21st birthday by going off world going to a red sun and getting drunk because it's her 21st birthday why not uh she then stops a bar fight because she's supergirl and ends up in this uh ends up intertwined with this little girl whose father was murdered by this bounty hunter Oh. And this bounty hunter shoots poison arrows at the Superdog. And Astro could die unless Supergirl gets the antidote. So her and this little girl are going after this man 
to try and get the antidote and perhaps get vengeance for the father because, you know, Supergirl's not huge into killing, but... Right, so it's kind of this, like, galaxy-trotting, like, adventure that she goes on. Yes, and it tackles morality in each issue because they go to a different planet where this bounty hunter has shown up and it looks at what the world is because this is a simple farm girl who wants to get vengeance for her dad. So she's seeing the universe for the first time with this protector next to her and having different adventures that kind of mold her into the woman that she will soon become. This, this character that we are introduced, by the way, in Supergirl, first time we ever see her. This is not an established character. This is something of Tom King's own creation, as is the bounty hunter. The only pre-established character is Supergirl. Hmm. I didn't realize, yeah, I forgot it was Tom King that yeah. wrote it. And I mean, Tom King, to be fair, can be a bit wordy. He can. But like, that's also uh, a focal point because he really gets into the minds of those characters. You know, like we have talked about uh, his run that he did now on a character that I'm blanking on, um, Mr. Miracle. Oh, Mr. Miracle is like one of the his, books ever made. Yeah, absolutely. And like, to be fair, that is a wordy book, but it's also getting into the mindset and the mind of that character and, you know, his relationship to the like grander DC universe in terms of like the gods, right? And but I think what's, what's different between Tom King's writing there and here is uh, Tom is writing it uh, as a story. Like this little girl who went on the adventure with Supergirl is writing a novel. Oh, okay. So this is, oh, I see. So it's told from her perspective in the diary. Like it's like a, okay. Kind of a diary entry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's what I mean. I mean, it's a book. I mean, there's words in a book. What are you going to do? But I just say it took me a couple issues to get used to. But once I did, and I kind of understood where he was going with this one, it was a very engaging read, especially coming to the end. That's great. And let's, I'm glad like if that's, so do you think that'll make for good source material and an introduction to Supergirl as a film overall for people? Absolutely. Okay. Like the, so basically what we learn about Supergirl here is, uh, for those that might not know the character in the comic book uh, zeitgeist, is Supergirl was an adult or a teenager when Krypton exploded. But the difference is she got knocked off the path and was in cryosleep for much longer. Long enough for Superman to be a child, have uh, a life in Smallville, and become Superman. So when Zor- Zor-El? Kor-El. Kor-El. Kal-El? No. Her name. I think it's Kor-El. Oh, okay. Uh, when Supergirl lands in on planet Earth, the cousin that she knew who was a baby is now an adult and the hero of this planet, and she has no idea where she fits. Right, because there's already one of them. Okay. There's already one of them, and she was sent to be a protector for Clark, but now Clark's an adult. He doesn't need protecting, so she has to figure out her place and her own ideas of morality. So does she follow her cousin, or does she follow her own path? And I wonder if that's how maybe they're going to frame it, right? Because he is doing... A super right. James Gunn is writing and I think directing the yep. Superman film. Yes, he is. Which, so, <laughs> yeah, which will be interesting. I wonder if that's how they're going to maybe tie it in, right? As her coming in after Superman has been like, is, you know, had his foundation in that film and trying to find her place in the DC universe as a whole. I would actually kind of prefer that she already exists. Oh, so do like the inverse. Yeah. So, Superman, we have the Superman movie. And then in a post credit scene, she walks into the um, uh, Fortress of Solitude. Okay. Like, she's always been there. I want a Superman movie that doesn't do the origin, like they did with the Batman. We don't... We know. He's from Krypton. Krypton exploded. He was born in a small... He was growing up in well, a small I town. Me, yeah, so like we the Batman did. Yeah, yeah. Like, I know you don't like it, but Superman Man of Tomorrow, the animated movie, is exactly what I want in a Superman movie. Superman's already established. We don't need to worry about any of that. We just need to see him as who he is. Somebody who has empathy, respect, and a high sense of morality because I was watching a TikTok recently and I think he put it perfectly. Best thing about Superman is that no matter what, he does the right thing. Can I help you? Just wants to get the pets. <laughs> he's trying to climb on your shoulder. Yeah, he's definitely trying to jump there, the cat. Is it worth reading? Uh, Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow? Yes. Yes. Okay. I, I think for people that want a deeper understanding of Supergirl as a character and want to see two different strong female characters, like it's not the, they're, and all, they're, they're also not the archetype of strong female characters. They have flaws and they overcome them. Hmm. I think it's a really, really good book. 
Okay. I might own it if money becomes less of an issue. Right. But I was able to I was able to find it and read it, and it was so so good. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. So Superman. Uh, the guy was saying that the interesting thing about Superman is, despite everything, he doesn't lash out. The interesting thing about Superman is he has every right, every power, every facet to just fix the world. But instead, he lets people make decisions for themselves and is just there to help. That's why he protects uh, civilians. Mm -hmm. It's why he stops people. That's why All-Star Superman is one of the best Superman stories because of this. Right. Because he, he doesn't, when he is dying of cancer, he is not going out of his way to cure himself. He just continues helping those who need it. Right. That's the kind of Superman that I, I really would like to see on the, on the screen. And I think, I'm hoping that's what James Gunn will do because, you know, he was a fan first, right? Yeah. And, yeah, it'll be a wild ride to see how that universe really, really starts to flush out because we know that the Batman's going to be set in its own universe and there's the rumors, I'm not sure if it was confirmed, that the Batman 2 is going to have Clayface in it. Saw that. Yeah. I, I could see it. Which would be an interesting thing how they're going to handle Clayface because he's never been done uh, in any of the Batman films. Like obviously in the animated he has been, but that is a very interesting one to tackle. Well, I think it, I see them going to approach it as kind of a chameleon thing. Like for Spider-Man, how it's just going to be somebody who can change their appearance and causing havoc, but not be able to find him. You don't think he's going to be a, like, you know, literal clay? No. Goopiness? I don't, I don't think they're going to have the monster that we see in the animated series. I think we're just going to see him slowly start to melt, and he needs to get Venom or something to make sure that he sa- stays mm, stable. Right, tie it to, to the whole Venom piece there, because that was that was kind of hinted. built in a little bit. Yeah, yeah just hinted at. Yeah, that'd be that'd be interesting to see um, and fun. Um, I do have a comic recommendation for you, Ooh. even though you've read some of it already. Is the newest volume of Sega came out? Oh, yeah. So Sega is a story of. Told from this little girl's perspective of her family and their part in the universe and kind of, you know, how she grew up and was raised. Um, It's one of the best comics ever written, in my opinion. It is such a unique one. And it's been on a hiatus now for like three, four years. And it finally just came back with its newest volume, uh, volume 11. And oh boy, it does not miss a step. Like what I really like what they did is in the gap because volume 10 has a hell of an ending. Right. So I'm not spoiling it because it's a huge game changer of a comic, but... But I'm with you. Sega, read Sega. It takes place three years later now, and what's great is Fiona Staples changes the art style a little bit, so it's more of a pastel aesthetic that she's doing with it, and it's really nice because it just fits this different tone, right? We know we're in a different part of the main character's life and kind of everything that's happening there. Um, It is still beautiful. It is still tragic, funny, and sad, uh, and it's still, it, it just, it hasn't missed a beat in that. And it's now going to the final arc because again, the whole envision that Brian K. Vaughn, the writer, who has also done some great works, uh, like Why the Last Man, he envisioned it in two parts, the first 50 issues and these last. So we're really getting into that final arc of uh, of this, uh, this titular character in the Sega series. And uh, I can't say enough good things about it. The new art style is great. It's very fitting. You're introdu- introduced to some new characters that are very menacing. Um... I'm just so happy that that comic's back and like it's now going to be coming out on a consistent time because again it is my aside from maybe American Vampire it's probably my f- it actually no it's, it surpasses it Sega is my favorite comic of all time like oh. it, it beats out Spider-Man for me too like it's that story that they've told is so impactful and every volume serves a purpose to a larger story like everything even though you're introduced to a certain character in like one issue they come back like now in like issue 62 and it's just incredible Oh, man, now you got me thinking, like, is there a beginning, middle, and end comic that I would consider my favorite? Oh, oh, never mind. Easy choice. Hellboy. Yeah, yeah. The, the original Hellboy run of uh, Seed of Destruction all the way to Hellboy in Hell, I think, is some of the greatest gothic storytelling ever. Uh, oh, I can absolutely, like, I haven't read all of it, but, like, I've... What? I don't think I have. Have I never loaned you Hellboy? Is is the one that you loan me all of it? No, there's four books. Then no, I don't think so. Oh, or no, no, that's a lie. You definitely have actually because years I and years did. ago. Yeah, no, that's a lie. Yeah, then yes, I have <laughs> because I was just thinking about it. I was like, it was 
four volumes you four were saying? Volumes. Then yes, okay. I think I, yeah. Then four I'm, omnibuses. Okay, I'm, I'm pretty sure I have then. But it was, um, yeah, I could see that as a good one. And I, also, Mike, Mike Nola, like it's great. It's too bad his other Hellboy movie didn't turn out great. Oh, that's all right. We got four good ones. Look, if you get one bad one, but you got four good ones, that's a good average. That's that's true. And I mean, Hellboy 1, Hellboy 2, Blood and Iron, and sort of Storms? Yeah, they're too animated. I think Storms, sort of. Yeah, you got it? Sort of Storms. Went to my movie collection. Yeah. Yeah. So, at the very least, we got that. And I don't think we're ever going to see, like, another Hellboy. I really think that's a property that they're going to stay away from now. You think so? Yeah. Well, maybe for a, a little bit. I th- yes. But- sorry, I should say for... I mean, especially, but especially because that ties into the DC now. You know what I mean? So wait, uh, Dark Horse got bought up by DC? Oh no, it doesn't. You're right. It's Dark Horse Comics, derp. I for some reason I thought like I was getting confused. Oh, okay. Because yeah, I was for some reason I thought he was part of the extended DC. I was like, no, it's Dark Horse Comics. You're absolutely right. So maybe, but I feel with everything trying to be like a new franchise, it would be it would be difficult to kind of rope in people to like a, a Hellboy universe. I think. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that is a pl- uh, property that would go better with a TV series. Yes, the I can agree with that. BPRD, Bureau of Paranormal Research and Defense. Like, because what I love is they have a book. I don't know if I loaned it to you, but they did a BPRD uh, where Hellboy is out doing his own thing. And it's just the Bureau solving crimes with Hellboy. That came out a long time ago, right? Uh, in conjunction with the original Hellboy run. Yeah, yeah, okay. Then I, I remember reading it back, I think, in university or something like that. Yeah, where I think if you have, you can have a good blend of that, where <laughs> it's mostly focused on the Bureau and kind of how they work, so you can focus on different characters and then have Hellboy kind of be like the figurehead. Yeah. Think Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Hellboy being Coulson. Oh, I would like that. So, yeah, he's there, but not like the main focal point. Because then you can have like... I would love Doug Jones back as Ape Sapien. Oh, perfect casting. Perfect he is, casting. He's incredible. And kind of having like some of the other, not like the ones that weren't necessarily in the films, right? Yeah. But honestly, Hellboy leans better to animated is the only. I can agree can with have, that. There is so much imagery and folklore and fun things you can do with the Hellboy franchise that live action just. At the end of the day, it would just be a cartoon. And it's the better thing is because it fits with that gothic aesthetic, right? Like as an animated movie, it just works better that way, I think, or animated feature. Yeah, and with the comic, they don't have pupils. <laughs> and I find that that actually does a lot for the characters because the humans have pupils, but every one of the uh, gothic monsters don't. And it actually kind of gives it that weird... Oh, I never thought about that. Yeah, like in the movies. Yeah, yeah in the movies, you can see Hellboy's eyes. You can see Sapien look around. And don't worry, go get me wrong. Guillermo del Toro, great movies. But when you watch the animated, it has a different feel. Even though the same people are attached to the film, actors and all, there's a different tone that I think fits the series better. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Well, I think we, I think we wrapped. I think we did a good return episode where we kind of get. We got wrestling in there. We got yep. movies. Check. We got comic books. Check. Uh, oh, we didn't get video games. Yes. So I want to know what I'll finish off on video games. Uh, I bought the Yakuza. Uh, first oh, yeah, three games. Were saying. Uh, it's zero, one, and two that were remastered. Um, oh my God, Yakuza Zero is a wild ass ride. It is a modern day beat 'em up with some weird ass stories in that game. Um, that it's just it's it's taken a part of my monkey brain in terms of video games. Like you could get into like certain fight modes where you could just grab a motorcycle and just beat the hell out of someone with it. And then you have this weird bit, like in a span of like an hour, I like. Here's my opening hour of the Yakuza game. You get the storyline, you know, you're introduced to the titular character um, that you're going to be playing as uh, in, in part of the game. You then proceed to go out, beat the hell out of a bunch of people. I then go get drunk in a bar, perform drunk karaoke, and then go to a dance club, do a sweet da- like, like Dance Dance Revolutions mini game, and then I go back out and beat, beat up people while I'm drunk. <laughs> I love every minute of that game. Like, there's not. It, it's it's stupid. It is, it is a soap opera that is taking the idea of the yakuza and just fitting it into this like weird, wacky, zany world, and it just works. It is just fun. I highly recommend that game. Is it for PS4? 
Yes. All right. I ended up buying the remasters on sale for 15 bucks, which is the first three games, but normally it's like 80. It was well worth it. Fair enough. All right. Uh, I don't have many video game things, except my wife wants to buy a Fox game for the Switch, where when I looked it up, there is no plot. It's just you're a fox, and you walk around Nordic, uh, Iceland, and Norway, and you just learn about their history and their folklore. Oh, fun. Right? That's cute. Yeah. And it looks stylized as hell. There's also a Zelda game with a fox that I can't remember the name of that came out. Twilight Princess? No. No, like, it's a wolf. Yeah, yeah. It's like a, a Zelda-esque. Zelda, but with fox. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Google's going to send you some weird ads. <laughs> uh, Tunic, it's called. And you play as a fox, and it's like Zelda. Can I see? Yeah. What's this? What's this uh... Yeah, so it's like a little... Just like a little... You got a little sword and a little shield. That's yeah, exactly. It's just like a little old school Zelda game. Uh, I think it's for Switch. I mean, if it's... Yes, it's on Nintendo Switch. So yeah. there you go. Apparently it's fun, cute. But yeah, that's fun. Neat. All right. And with that, I think we'll call it here. We've hit our hour, and I thank you very much for listening to uh, this episode. We'll try and get on a more consistent basis, but life is, you know, life. So I've been Drew. And I've been Nick. We'll see you next time. Have a good one. about the meatball <laughs> you're gonna have to be more the no, meatball. no if, if the we, meatball i guess no clearly not because i guess i would have heard of the meatball okay <laughs> a meatball made from flesh cultivated using the dna of an extinct woolly Just mammoth stop <laughs> is presented at nemo science museum in amsterdam it's a honker what so preserved mammoth what yeah, so they found a mammoth bone. I think it was a tooth or a tusk. They were able to extract DNA from it and were able to uh, basically Jurassic Park it, but they made a meatball. So our first test of not of bringing back a species was not to actually bring it back fully, but to turn it into meat. And they ate it? Like, it's not just like, a, this is not just them being like a test of the meat? No, I think this is at a museum. So I think it's just, yeah, I think it's just the science. Like, hey, look what science did. Now come gawk at it because we're humans and we're weird. I can't wait for science to just create further different pasta shaped things. Like, <laughs> hey, where else are we going to get? Like, we're going to get like this weird arancini that was made from like, I don't know, lemurs. Not lemurs. Like, what are those called? Um, <laughs> where's this bit going? I don't know. Just end it. <laughs> Yeah, we make a steak out of a saber-toothed tiger. <laughs> what are those lemmings? I was thinking of lemmings. We still have lemmings. Those aren't extinct. What are the ones that all... Dodo birds? Dodo birds, that's <laughs> it. Okay, they're the dumb ones that are still killed themselves in like a mass yeah. suicide by dodo birds. Huh. <laughs> we bring the dodo birds back and they just kill themselves. I'm like, all right, well, we try. I guess that's like one of the reasons why you would bring them back, I guess, is for food in some capacity, considering we're running out of others. Yeah. Or, you know, you can just go plant but whatever <laughs> i guess that's here's the thing would you easy. rather plant or would you rather eat a formerly extinct animal <laughs> yeah there's a weird part of my animal brain that's kind of curious yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs>